if you have a Bible, and I hope you do, the beauty of the gospel is that God has saved us. He's freed us from the power and the penalty of sin. He's put us in Christ, who's now our life. So we've got to together, surrender our lives, say, our lives are yours, and we're your servants. It's not radical version of Christianity. This is biblical Christianity. It's what it means to be a follower of Christ. We don't call the shots. He calls the shots. You're listening to the new Radical Together podcast with teaching from David Platt. We're glad you joined us on this first episode of the new Radical Together podcast. You can subscribe through iTunes, or you can access all the episodes by going online to Radical.net. So this week's message is from Luke 17, entitled, Why a Radical Together Podcast? If you have a Bible, and I hope you do, or have access to one, I would invite you to open with me or find Luke chapter 17. So my purpose in this first podcast episode is simply to share with you why I want to do this podcast and what I'm hoping that God and His grace might use this podcast to do in the days ahead. And I'm going to try to keep this initial episode a bit shorter and to the point so the next episode will actually be maybe a little more in line with the format of future episodes. But over the last year, God has done an unusual and unexpected work in my heart and life and family, and he's led me to a point that I never would have expected a year ago at this time. So I've shared this in other settings, but on a recent trip to Nepal earlier this year, I found myself face-to-face in a fresh way with urgent, urgent spiritual and physical need in the world. As I was hiking through the Himalayas, I found myself in villages where they did some research about 10 years ago in these villages, and they found that about half the kids weren't making it to their eighth birthday. So half the kids not making it to eight. I've got four kids. My oldest is eight. So can't imagine half of them not living to that point. So just massive poverty. Uh, we, we met one woman who had 14 kids. Two of them made it to adulthood. So two out of 14. And I saw the effects of this poverty in a variety of different ways. I mean, the way traffickers, for example, will prey on the poverty of these villages. All it takes is the equivalent of about $100 for a trafficker to offer a family for their daughter. Ten. 12, 15 years old, he'll promise to take her down into the city, get her a good job where she can make money and send it back up to help her family. She'll be provided for far more than she is in this village. And so these families give their daughters away, and these precious little girls are taken down into the city or across borders into another country where they're broken, where they're raped and abused and drugged and made to work for sex, sometimes 10 or 15 customers a day, having their way with 10 to 15-year-old girls. So urgent physical need on top of urgent spiritual need. So we were hiking in these villages, and it was, it was five days before we even met someone who had heard of Jesus before we talked with them. People throughout these villages who haven't even heard the gospel. They they haven't heard that God loves them. That he loves them enough to send his son to die on a cross 
for their sins, to reconcile them to him. In a world of sin and death, no one has told them that Christ has come to conquer sin and that Christ has come and he's defeated death. Nobody's even told them that. And so they're suffering and they're dying in their sin apart from God and they're experiencing the payment due sin, eternal death, and no one's even told them how they can have eternal life. And one of the most poignant moments in my time in Nepal was actually down in in Kathmandu at a place called Pashpati where there's this Hindu holy river with funeral pyres set up across the river, on top of the river. And so the custom is people will bring Friends, family members who die, within 24 hours of them dying, they'll bring their bodies to this river. They'll set their bodies on a funeral pyre and and then set them ablaze, light them on fire. And uh, the ashes of their bodies will go down into the river and they believe that this will be helpful for them in the process of reincarnation. And so, so we're walking in this part of the city, around the corner, and nobody really prepared me for this, I, I come upon this river, this site, this scene, where you've got this river, and you've got these funeral pyres with bodies ablaze, people who were alive 24 hours before, and now their bodies are burning. And I'm looking, and in that moment, I see an earthly, physical picture of what I know is a spiritual, eternal reality. Like I'm watching these bodies physically burning, and I know, based on the truth of God's Word, that these people, right now, I'm watching their bodies, physical bodies burning, but they're spiritually, they're in hell. I'm, I'm seeing a physical picture of a spiritual reality. And, and then it hits me as I'm, as I'm stunned by this picture that I'm watching in front of me that most, if not all these people, are right now burning in hell and nobody even told them how they could be saved from that. They never even heard that they could be saved from that. And they're going to be there forever, for all of eternity. And so I'm standing there with tears in my eyes and thinking, this is not tolerable. It's just not tolerable that there are millions of people in the world who are living and dying without even hearing the gospel. It's not tolerable. So the, the Lord used those days in Nepal, which I usually travel overseas two or three times a year, but like I said, the Lord did an unusual work in my heart and Life during those days overseas to jolt me, to jar me awake in a whole new way to say, how can my life best be used? So this short time I've got here on this earth, the small amount of resources I've got, time, energy, resources, how can it be used in the words of Paul in Romans 15 to see Christ preach where he's not been named? And I started wondering, does that mean I need to move to a more unreached part of the world, like Nepal, right here? Do I need to come spend my life here reaching one of these people groups with the gospel? And if that's what God wants me to do, I want to do it. 
Or does that mean I need to continue? I'm asking myself, pastoring the church that I love and the God, church that God had entrusted me to pastor eight years ago and just keep fanning a flame for God's global glory in that local church. And if that's what he wants me to do, then I want to, I want to do it. Or anything else for that matter. I was memorizing parts of Luke 17 on those Himalayan trails. And that's why I've got you in Luke 17, because if you look at verse 10, it says, So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. And I just remember falling on my face before God in Kathmandu with those words being hidden in my heart, saying, God, I just want to do my duty. Whatever you command me to do, I want to do it. And in the days to come, the Lord led me into a, a new role where I now find myself leading what's known as the International Mission Board, which is the primary mission facilitating organization for 45,000 plus Southern or Great Commission Baptist churches, but not limited to those churches, partnering together with Great Commission Christians and ministries all over the world, all aimed at getting the gospel to people who've never heard it. Now, making this transition from pastoring a local church has been challenging on a number of levels. And in addition to simply missing shepherding the brothers and sisters called the Church at Brook Hills, whom I love, I knew that one of the greatest challenges would be stepping out of a regular pattern of pastoral preaching. So I love preaching and teaching the Word and shepherding the church on mission. And I hope that God has, in His grace, used my proclamation of His Word to encourage His people on mission, first and foremost at Brook Hills, but then also beyond Brook Hills. I know that through an avenue like a podcast, God's Word proclaimed at Brook Hills, I hope, was encouraging people far beyond Brook Hills. And so stepping into this new new role, one, I don't have any desire to stop preaching. I love studying and teaching God's Word. And two, I want, to the extent to which God sees fit, I want to be used by Him to continue encouraging people with His Word on mission, specifically to encourage His people on mission to all peoples. I want to be a part of a church. So now to be clear here, I'm I'm using church, not in a a local church sense, but in a more broad, universal sense. Talking about brothers and sisters who are committed to different local churches, yet brought together under the banner of the broader church. I want to be a part of a church that together sees the concept of unreached peoples as totally intolerable to us. That together, across a variety of local churches, varying denominations for that matter, to see Nepal, to see that there are people on funeral pyres right now, I'm saying this while you're listening to this, their bodies are burning, and their souls are burning. They were alive 24 hours before now, and now they're burning, and nobody even told them how they could avoid that. Like, what is it going to take for the concept of unreached peoples to become totally intolerable to us? 
going to help us to see this in the world. And then, more important than that, to see this in your word. and To see in God's word that God's aim is to receive glory from all those people. To see what I saw in my quiet time this morning, 1 Timothy 2, 5, that God, our Savior, desires all people to be saved. That God's aim is for those people to know His grace in Christ and to be glad in Him and to give Him glory forever. To see, Revelation 5, that Jesus died for this purpose, to purchase men and women from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation And so to see that this is the purpose of our lives, to make His salvation and His glory known among every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. That's why we're on the planet. Oh God, for the day when we stop seeing global mission as a compartmentalized program in the church for a select few people who are called to that. Oh God, for the day when we see that global mission is the purpose for which we have breath. For all of us to see, regardless of our location or our vocation, that we have been created and saved and called and commissioned to make our God's glory known in all nations. And that we do that by praying and giving and going however God leads with a passion to see his purpose in the world accomplished. The peoples of the world giving him glory for the salvation he's given. That's the purpose of our lives. And that's the purpose of this podcast to on a regular basis. So we're starting off every other week, maybe more frequent in the days to come. Still not sure about that, but on a regular basis to show in the word that our lives were created for mission in the world and to encourage men and women, brothers and sisters in Christ in that mission. So in my mind, as I'm preparing and studying and teaching the word on this podcast, I've got a variety of different people in my mind. I'm thinking about brothers and sisters who are living around the world right now, many on the front lines with unreached peoples. And my prayer is that this podcast would be a regular encouragement from God's Word to you. I I think about the 5,000 or so missionaries that are on the field through the IMB right now and the multitudes more that I pray will join them in the days to come. But not just IMB missionaries, brothers and sisters, in Christ from all sorts of mission organizations, or brothers and sisters in Christ who are living and serving overseas completely apart from a mission organization and a job or some other means, I want to encourage the army of laborers who are serving on the front lines of unreached peoples around the world. At the same time, this mission is not just for them. This mission is for all of us. After all, I'm I'm here. I'm still living in the United States where I believe God has put me But I want my life and I want my prayers and I want my giving and I want my going as he leads to count for his glory among the nations. And so I've got in my mind, as I do this podcast, I've got in my mind accountants and lawyers and teachers and engineers and baristas and doctors and nurses and factory workers and stay-at-home moms, just all kinds of different lives and families, all of whom, all of whom are created for global mission. 
all of whom have been commissioned to pray and to give and to go, however God leads, because together the concept of unreached peoples is totally intolerable to all of us. And we all want our lives to count for the supreme purpose of God on the planet. And if you're in this category, I'm zealous to remind you on a regular basis that God has not saved you to sideline you in his global purpose. That you play a fundamental part in his global purpose. That you have been commissioned to make God's glory known by making disciples right where you live now and wherever God may lead you in the future. So I want to encourage you in mission right where you live to see your life on a daily basis in the context of God's global purpose. To see everyday life in the context of this global God-exalting plan to receive glory from every people group on the planet. To see every single detail of your day in light of that mission and then to surrender your life daily to however he wants to use you in that global purpose. And some, the Lord will undoubtedly leave right where you are to make disciples, to lead people to Christ, to teach them to follow Christ. And God will use your life right there and your relentless praying and and sacrificial giving, maybe periodic going to other contexts for the spread of the gospel in the world. And I want to encourage you toward all of these ends. At the same time, I'm also praying that God might use his word to send multitudes, I'm talking multitudes, more to the front lines of unreached peoples in the days to come. We'll get back to David's message in just a minute, but I want to take a moment to let you know that you can be a part of spreading the gospel to the unreached right now. One of the ways you can do that is through your sacrificial giving to global missions. Visit imb.org slash now and give to support and enable missionaries to proclaim Christ to people all over the world. Also, at imb.org slash now, you can find resources and information on how to promote missions giving in your own church. And if you're looking for more resources from David Platt, visit Radical.net. There you can watch or listen to past sermons, follow our Radical blog, and find information and resources from catalytic events like Secret Church. Here's David with the rest of today's message. You know, it it was said of uh, the Moravians in Christian history that one out of every 92 of them were crossing cultures for the spread of the gospel. And you know how they were doing it? It's not because they had elaborate mission boards. It's because they had a mission mindset in the church. They saw their workplaces and their job skills and their education as opportunities for the spread of the gospel, where they worked and where they lived. So then they started simply looking for jobs in other contexts, among other people. They started thinking through how to use their skills and their education to open doors for the spread of the gospel in different places around the world. And opportunities abounded, so one out of every 92 of them were going. I think about that number, and then I think about just the churches that the IMB represents. They say there's about 16 million members in these 45,000 plus churches. I'm not sure if that's totally accurate, but let's, let's just assume we could find 10 million of those people. If we were like the Moravians, that would mean not 5,000 missionaries 
in other cultures overseas, but over 100,000 men and women who are crossing cultures with the gospel. 100,000. But we're not even thinking in those terms, whether the IMB or anywhere else, and we've got to start thinking in those terms. And it'll make sense. It'll only make sense when we realize that every single one of our lives is a part of this global mission. When we see that in the word, and then we look at our lives in the world, and we say, God, whatever you want me to do, I want to do my duty. I want to pray. I want to pray relentlessly. I want to impact nations for your glory from my prayer closet every morning. And I want to give. I want to, I want to give whatever you want me to give, however you want me to give. I want to give sacrificially. I don't want to spend my life on stuff that's going to burn up in the end. I want to spend my life on treasure that's going to last forever. And God, I want, I want to go right where I live. I want to go and make disciples today. I want to obey you today. I want to do my duty today. And then if you want me to go short-term or mid-term or long-term to a different place or a different people group to make disciples there, then I want to do it. My life is yours. I want to pray. I want to give. I want to go for your glory among all peoples. And the purpose of this podcast is to fuel that kind of praying and to fuel that kind of giving and fuel that kind of going, that kind of Christ-trusting, life-redefining surrender to God and His purpose on the planet. So the, the plan is, starting every other week, maybe, again, progressing to more frequent than that, but for now, every other week, I just want to teach the Word in a way that I hope and I pray will fuel your life on mission in the world. My goal is to keep that teaching to about 30 minutes. When I was pastoring, I preached closer to an hour, but I, I think this would be more helpful for people to use in a commute to work, either one way or a round trip, or maybe exercising or sitting down for a meal alone or a break during the day to, to just provide 30 minutes of word in a way that I hope will encourage you on mission in the world. I'm praying that God would stir in his church today what he did among the Moravians years ago. A mindset that sees life in the context of mission and a people who surrender their lives in commitment to mission, praying and giving and going wherever and however God leads, no matter what it Cost because we know that He is our reward. And not just our reward, but He is their reward. He loves them. People who haven't even heard of Christ, our God loves them. And He's called and commissioned us to make His love known to them. And it's not tolerable to us that so many of them in our day haven't even heard. So we're going to refuse. Together, we're going to refuse to waste our lives on nice, comfortable Christian spins on the American dream. Instead, we're going to choose to spend our lives on the purpose for which we have been created. We're going to do our duty. Whatever he leads, however he leads, we're going to do our duty for his glory and for our good and for the good of peoples who have yet to hear the gospel. So I want to pray toward that end. I know um, 
that, that praying in a setting like this where um, you are listening at a different time than I'm speaking uh, may be a bit awkward, but, but I want to pray in a way that I hope will lead you to pray as you listen to this at different times and that together uh, the Lord would hear these petitions, not just from my voice right now, but from our hearts at different times as we, as we lift this prayer to him that he might answer for his name's sake. So, let me pray. Oh God, we praise you for your grace toward us as your people. Oh God, thank you for sending your Son to die on a cross for our sins, to purchase our souls, to reconcile us to you, to cover over all of our sins. We're amazed that all of our sins are forgiven before you in Christ, through faith in Christ. Not through work on our own, but by grace through faith, not of our own effort. We know this is a gift from your hand, and so we praise you for it. And we say together that we want to steward this gift well. We know that you've given us this gift of grace for a goal. And that goal is that more and more and more people might know your grace. And more and more and more people might be glad in you. We know that you desire the salvation of people, peoples around the world who have yet to hear of this grace, of this gospel. And so we pray that you would, in our day, in the church, stir our hearts by the power of your Spirit, stir our hearts through the power of your Word, stir our hearts to see our lives in the context of the purpose for which you have created them, your glory among all peoples, and to spend our lives toward that end. God, we, we pray together, praying continually, and join with other brothers and sisters who are praying this even right now. We want to do our duty. Whatever you want us to do, however you want us to pray, however you want us to give, however you want us to live, now, today, right where we live, and in the days to come, wherever you lead, we want to, we want to do our duty. We want to do all that you've commanded us to do. And so we pray that you would take our surrender to you, our lives, our families, our churches, and use them, O oh God to make your glory known, particularly among people who've never even heard the gospel. May, may it be so. God, we long for the day when the concept of unreached peoples will be no more. So use us. Use our lives toward, toward the fulfillment of that day in your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for Radical Together. For additional free resources, including those available in other languages, visit Radical.net slash resources. And again, for more information on the International Mission Board, go to imb.org. Join us next time for more teaching from David, right here on the Radical Together podcast.